Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for a peculiar podcast. In your wildest dreams, you could not imagine the marvelous surprises that await you. Hosted by Pat Cashman. He had a fiery quality on the stage and off the stage, and he was gorgeous to look at. And back by his side, Lisa Foster. She has tattoos, she's cool. She's dangerous. Broadcasters turned rogue podcasters. It's <laughs> just a real nice surprise. They're back and on demand. Just press the button. See, you're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? Yes, I guess you're right. <laughs> Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. <laughs> can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it, yeah. By cracky, it is about time uh, we did this again. And I know, you know, I've, Lisa, I've intermittently said this again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And again. We're, we're going to, and we're going to, and I'm saying it now, we are going to get back to regular podcasting. Nothing could be more detrimental to trying to build a listenership here than when people, they tune in or whatever you would say they do nowadays, and that we're not there. They say, I heard that one before. Right. And and it's not that we don't care, because we care, right? Do you uh, care? Yeah. 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 But it's... Yes. I mean, yes. It's, yes. It's just very hard to line... If, if you were just doing a podcast by yourself or I was doing a podcast by myself, there'd be no problem. It's two human beings trying to, you know, navigate schedules and moods and, you know, bad hair days and all those other things that get in the way of getting together and doing a podcast. But it's always such a treat to get to sit down and talk to you. So, hello. Well, clearly, uh, clearly, as I'm looking at you, you are having a great hair day. <laughs> that uh, is the one is... thing I can count on. I have good uh, hair. My grandmother, my grandmother had great hair. My mother had great hair. And so if everything else as it is now kind of slowly falling apart, I, I will always have great hair. I'll be 100 with great hair. Okay, so if that's I, all true, why, don't, why are you wearing a hat? <laughs> well, there's a lot of it. I have a lot of hair. Yeah, my, my wife loves to wear ball caps. She can't wear them most of the time. Her hair is so full. Yeah, it's hard to get I, one on sometimes. I'd have to get a ball cap, uh, you know, the size of a, of a kid's swimming pool uh, to, uh, to get on her head. Remember those old-fashioned shower caps, the big poofy... Big poofy ones with the elastic around the edges. Are you kidding me? I'm yeah. one wearing one now, as you can see. <laughs> That's what she needs. That's you know, uh, we I, we always had fun, and I always looked forward to back in our days when we were doing radio together. Mm-hmm. And um, and I've always thought about this. There was one okay. There are many occasions you have to go on vacation sometime, but one occasion you went on vacation. And it just seemed ironic to me, in hindsight, that you weren't there uh, on a day that I will will be forever etched in my broadcast memory above all others. And um, and you know that not that we would have been joking our way through the broadcast that occurred on nine eleven in the year two thousand and one, 
but but having you there would have been reassuring. There would have been a, a sense of normalcy about what was such an abnormal, horrible mm. day. Yeah. And, and but you were on vacation, although you were in town and. Yeah, it was just a staycation. I just I was staying. I stayed at home. I wanted to paint my bedroom. I remember uh, my bed. I needed to just do that sort of stuff. Um, and wasn't it on a Monday? It was a Monday, so I think it was the very. It was actually it was actually a Tuesday. Tuesday, so it was the very beginning of that week. I I had taken yeah. off, um, and so I had slept in. Normally, I'm I'm up at three a.m., but I slept in. Uh, I think the first. Uh. Eight, it was about 8.45, wasn't it, when the first building was hit? Something like that. Something and, like that. And yeah. so I had slept in till I don't know, 8 and had gotten up and had coffee. And and that's and then I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Um, I actually had the TV on. I didn't have you, you and Gary on. I had the TV on, and then I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And um, Yeah. Yeah, it was a, a staggering day. Um I think to, through the uh, the courtesy of our longtime listener and good friend Arthur Allen, um, I he sent me the audio which because he recorded it as he recorded many of our shows all the time. Uh, just recently sent me the audio again of that morning, nine eleven, and it began, albeit without you, like a typical show. I mean, mm-hmm. we were talking about public toilets and, <laughs> and the Mariners being on the verge of uh, clinching the playoffs. I'm back in the saddle again. Would you believe it? It is the 11th of September already. I I do want to applaud the headline writers at the Seattle Times this morning. For the headline, Council Votes to Plunge Ahead with Toilets. (laughs) Way to go. Somebody is doing their job there and being creative. And then at one point, I'm just talking about stuff, mm-hmm. I, as I re, as you'll hear, and then Gary Hoffman comes to the microphone. A new $851 million sewage treatment plant, the town of Grace up near Woodenville, that's one of the areas. Breaking story, apparently yeah. a plane crashed into the World Trade Center in New York. What? Oh ABC's got an update at 55. Okay. Wow. I'm surprised that kind of thing doesn't uh, happen uh, more than it does. Oh, my gosh. Is that a real picture, Gary? Yeah. We're looking at a picture of the World Trade Center. There is a huge billowing trail of smoke coming off one of the uh, World Trade Center towers there. Uh, An astonishing picture that looks like uh, something from a movie, a special effect. And I like how brilliant my remark was. I go, what? What? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, yeah. I mean, what else can you say? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and, and and of course, I'm not bright enough, nor speculative enough, I hope, to have immediately said, uh-oh, that looks like terrorist activity. Because I figured, well, this just might be like a guy in a Cessna. That cra- All we knew was that a plane had crashed in to the to the to one of the towers. But that was what all the major news out- outlets were saying. Because remember, yeah. I was tuned into the TV and that that's what they had figured was that it was a small plane that had crashed. But I remember thinking, well, that, that's, that may indeed be true, but goodness sakes, uh, it's a beautiful day in New York. There's not a cloud in the sky. You wouldn't have 
any sort of obfuscation as a pilot to, that would make sense for you to go crashing into a building that would be looming straight out in front of you. Uh, so it, even though no one dare speak the words yet, I think a lot mm -hmm. of people were scratching their heads mm -hmm. uh, about all of that. And then, uh, then it, the deal was pretty much clinched. Apparently an explosion has now rocked the second World Trade Center tower. Again, a plane flew into one of them, and we just got word that an explosion, some type, some type of explosion, hit the second one. We'll get an update from ABC News in just a couple of minutes. And let's get an update on the roads right now with Paul Tosh. That's amazing. We were watching pictures of that. Indeed, they have live shots of a second aircraft landing into the second tower. It is a... Well, what a tragedy Now, wait there. a minute. Do you have a, a TV in your plane? Yeah, I've got a monitor here that I'm Do watching really? the uh, footage here. It is just un unreal. It's, unreal. Just, it's just staggering. It really is. Anyway, uh, yeah, the commute. I, I think what you said earlier about if I had been there for me would have been much more comforting. It was very hard yeah. to be a home alone. That's, yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. You were by yourself at yes. home watching this on TV. I felt uh, comfortable because uh, much more comfortable because I there was the familiar faces of Bill Schwartz and and Gary Hoffman. Right. Uh, and we had the guys in the control room and you know then our news department was running around so uh, there was comfort in being with other people, but it must have been extremely discomfitting for you. Yeah, it just shakes you. It just, I remember it shaking me to the core and feeling, even in my own home, extremely vulnerable yeah. uh, as the day played out uh, and the news unfolded. And it, it, the horror of, you know, it was, it was, so it was like quarter to six hour time, I guess, or, yeah. Over to five. I guess yeah. it was something like that. No, yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. Um, I, it's funny, that part just becomes a blur. Mm -hmm. I, I will tell you that it came uh, pretty early on in, in the broadcast. Right. And, right. Uh, and so I got up probably, I don't know, about seven when all these things, this is before the building actually fell. And I was. Did really, anybody call you and say, hey, Lisa, turn on the TV? You got to see no, this. No, I didn't know. Because they didn't know you were on vacation, right. probably. Yeah, yeah. no. And uh, so it was just very, as the day unfolded, just that feeling of vulnerability and feeling like anything horrible is possible in this world. That cloud, that and that didn't lift in a day or a week or a month. Right, right. It, I f remember just feeling very unsafe, very unsafe. And and it's sad because my suspicion of other people and situations has really been on a steady upward climb from that day forward. And with yeah. all the other things that have gone on in the world, I, I hate to say it, but I, I don't, I, I wish I could look around me and think everybody is safe and no one's going to hurt me or anyone else. But I just don't feel like that anymore. I feel like yeah. I look around and wonder, you know, this guy looks normal, but you know, what's he going to, what's he going to do? Or she looks normal, but what's she going to do? Yeah. It's just sad that your, your trust erodes significantly after uh, something like that. I remember that we had, my wife and I, for the first time ever in my life, I got to do something I had always wanted to do as a kid. I, we went to Washington, D.C. It was August of 2011. Wow. And, and I, I just, I mean, it was just, I, it was just such a thrill to see these places and, and and these things that I had always just read about and and seen on TV and I remember 
particularly that we I grabbed my little video camera and we went to visit the the nation's capital building. And I walked around in the building with my camera, and I was shooting stuff everywhere. We were walking into empty offices, wandering down the halls. There was no part of a tour. You're just free to walk around in there. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't check. I, we didn't go through a metal detector or anything. We just walked around, and um, and then in less than a month, that not only changed for the moment, it changed forever. Mm -hmm. They'll never, they'll never get to do that again. No. Not, no, not at all. And, and that's, of course, when the Department of Homeland Security was created in response to that. And, and, uh, boy, you know, <laughs> trying to, to, to get on a plane. You know what the no. eeriest thing was? Do you remember that there was no air travel for mm -hmm. several yeah, days? Yeah. yeah, they shut it down. They uh, shut it down. Shortly. Uh, certainly that after. That was weird. Uh, it was so weird not to see yeah. any planes or hear any planes in the sky. Very odd. I, w I don't remember being that aware of it, but but I I wasn't paying attention, I guess. Mm -hmm. But just the idea that nobody was flying mm -hmm. uh, in the United States. Everybody, if you were overseas, you were stuck there. You weren't you weren't coming home. It didn't matter that your grandma was going to have an operation mm -hmm. that next morning. You you couldn't be with her. I mean, mm -hmm. it was the the impact on lives and 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 the American people. Uh, it it it. Even, you know, during, I talked to my mom about this, even during what in her lifetime would have been an event of somewhat of the same stature, uh, the attack on Pearl Harbor. Sure. That happened, that happened pretty far away. And I would venture to say most American people never heard of Pearl Harbor. They had some maybe vague awareness that there, there was this island called Hawaii. It wasn't a state yet by a long mm -hmm. shot. Mm -hmm. uh, but that was distant, and it didn't affect air travel or, or people's lives in such a direct and media way. Uh, ultimately, of course, uh, young men were conscripted into service, and, and a lot of women back home went to work, and there was, uh, you know, they were uh, you were admonished not to use a bunch of scrap iron and, and ration your food and all that stuff. But once all of that was over, there was a definitive end to World War II. And mm -hmm. then life got mm -hmm. back to, to normal. In fact, in some ways, it got better for some people. Mm -hmm. and, but this thing, uh, even though, you know, we've run all over Afghanistan and Iraq and all these places, uh, you, you get no sense that it is over. In fact, um, you get a, sometimes a feeling that it is it is only getting worse. Mm -hmm. and, that, and that's why, you, as you said, you don't trust people. Mm -hmm. You're suspicious. You mm -hmm. see an event going on or a conversation going on that you would have dismissed uh, readily. Now you think, hmm, maybe I should pay more attention to this. What's mm -hmm. going on over there? I pulled up some. Um, fun. I, you know, it's been 15 years. This is the 15th. Which is why we're talking about this, right. obviously, yeah. And I looked up some of the facts and numbers uh, associated with this attack. Um, through, I went on to CNN to pull up some numbers, and I, I was astonished at some of the things I didn't even know about. Um, I think well, if you didn't know about it, I, you can guarantee I don't. I think most people knew knew this, but 19 men hijacked four commercial airplanes that were bound for the West Coast. Yep. Um, uh, a total of 2,977 people were killed in New York, uh, New York City, Washington, D.C., and then uh, near 
uh, Shanksville, uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, Osama bin Laden, which, which was a plane, I believe they believe was headed to the Capitol building uh, or the White House. Flight ninety three, yeah. yeah. United yeah. Airlines flight ninety three crashed into a field. Um, Osama bin Laden did not claim um, responsibility for the attacks till two months later. It was in December that they, well, the the government released a tape then, which in which Osama bin Laden took responsibility for, for the attacks. Um, I was surprised at the uh, amount of money. This, this might surprise you. First of all, the, there were, uh, you sound like you're doing a news tease right now. I know. You might be surprised. This, we'll we'll this have the answer you. right after this. Uh, 1.8 million tons of debris removed from the site in New York City. The day Tons. You're talking tons. Tons, right. Wow. Fires that continued to burn in the area after the attack. 99 days the fires burned. I, I think a lot of people I didn't realize forget. that. I think a lot of people forget that, it, I mean, they they or never knew that it wasn't just those two towers that fell. That's right. There were other buildings that collapsed and a lot of other damage done in that greater World Trade Center area. That's that's correct. Um, the uh, jobs that were lost, 146,000. New York Stock Exchange, remember this? this that was closed for six days hmm. uh, after afterwards. Which impacted people's lives in a huge way. In fact, it impacted our economy in a in a disastrous way. Oh yeah, the economic loss to New York in the month after 105 billion with a B, 105 billion dollar loss. Cost of cleanup 600 million dollars, uh, but it only cost them. They say that it was about a 500 thousand dollar. Uh, price tag, which is the estimated amount of money it costs to plan and execute the 9-11 attack. So 500 grand to do this, and then uh, 123 billion in uh, the economic loss in the first month, uh, as well, obviously, as a decline, air, air travel declined. So there was a huge loss in that industry. I, it, billions and billions. Oh, insurance claims. $9.3 billion in insurance claims. Yeah, those are probably still being handled. Probably. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Not, not, no doubt. I mean, it, there, there is still, 15 years later, a tremendous sense by me, at least, if not everybody, that this really happened. And that not only did those planes crash into the buildings, which I would assume that those comparatively primitive uh, planners uh, mm -hmm. thought, well, that's going to be a big mess. Mm -hmm. They could not possibly have envisioned that those buildings would both completely collapse. Mm -hmm. I mean, who did? Who, what engineer could have uh, have imagined that? Mm -hmm. So, and, and there's still people out there that believe it. It's a conspiracy, and that sure. um, it was an inside job, and it was all rigged to happen. And I, I, I yeah, I mean, know. it's like those buildings in Las Vegas when they blow them up, they put the dynamite mm -hmm. in certain places, and they mm -hmm. know structural engineers know that'll do it, and mm -hmm. the whole thing will come down. Mm -hmm. uh, but. But the day was, I mean, you've just gone over so many statistics and and hard facts about that day. But um, 
when it came right down to it, it was about the human mind, human psychology, human emotion. Mm-hmm. I just remember emotion just racking mm-hmm. me and um and 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 I I think like a lot of people I don't want to see those pictures of those buildings falling down anymore. I don't want to watch. I know there's going to be mm-hmm. uh, there's going to be com- commemorative documentaries ad nauseum because of this anniversary. And indeed, we're talking about it right now. But mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing you don't really want to relive because mm-hmm. you're not going to learn a lot from it at this point. I, I don't think. And all of this is prelude to talking about the the part of my broadcast morning that will always be most indelible because it had to do with a real human being and what they were really experiencing and feeling Mm -hmm. that morning. And it was a woman named Tammy Michaels. She Mm -hmm. uh, is a home designer expert, and she had a weekend show on the radio station KOMO that you and I were on. Uh, And I'd never met her before. Because she's on the weekend. She's talking right. about, you know, how to make your wallpaper look better or whatever. So I never, I, I was aware of that she had a weekend show. The Twain never met, you know, between what we did in the mornings of weekdays and weekend people. So I'd never met her when she called in from New York on that morning, just moments after all of that had happened. Good morning, Pat. This is unbelievable. I'm, sorry, I'm a little shaky. Well, I don't blame you. How are you, kiddo? Uh, this is simply the worst thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Tammy, where are you? Where where were you when this happened? I am at the Millennium Hotel on the 35th floor, directly across the street from both twin towers of the World Trade Center. Out my window, the view I have is of the World Trade Center. So you weren't in the World Trade Center at the time? No, I'm across the street. So I have seen the whole... I saw when the building started exploding and... The debris started flying, and I could see parts of what looked like to me a plane. And, and as it was exploding, I was afraid at our window, the debris was hitting against our window. I was afraid that part of it was going to break through, that it was on fire. Were you, um, were, you, and, were you sleeping at the time? Yes, I was. And the entire building shook. And, my, and I, you know, I'm from California. I thought earthquake. Mm-hmm. I look up, and the window is completely filled with flames and debris that is falling and um and as we've been standing here we've watched the the second building get hit with another plane we're talking to our como compadre tammy michaels uh who is uh just uh within uh, feet of uh, this horrific incident at the world trade center in uh, new york city did the noise wake you up is that the shaking, the, the violent shaking, the shaking. shaking and the exploding, it was both. The, the, everything in the room was shaking. The entire, we're up in an upper floor and the entire hotel was um, moving. So as you look out your window right now, Tammy, you're viewing this. Yes, I am. And Pat, I just want to mention, if people do anything, say prayers for the people that are in the buildings because people are falling to their deaths, jumping from the flames in the buildings. You could see that happening. Yes, right in front of me. Oh, my. Tammy, has there been any notification in your hotel? Have they uh, warned you to stay in your room or, or evacuate? What is the message that you're getting right now? Initially, they told us to stay in our rooms, that it was safer because debris was still falling, and, and it, indeed it is. And they indicated to stay into our rooms. They just now told us to go down into the lobby of the hotel. But to be honest with you, 
it appears to me that these two incidences were deliberate and my fear is I don't want to be in a crowd of people down below, right in front of the World Trade Center, if there's terrorist activity and now there's people out there. It looked to me like the second plane was deliberate, and I could be wrong. But that's what my, my instincts are telling me, is to just stay put. Do, do, do you know, I mean, can you say that there were two planes? There were two planes. Okay. Can we talk to you a little bit later? Yes. Morning? All right. Uh, it's awfully good to hear your voice, Tammy. Thank you, Pat. Okay. Be safe. Bye-bye. And I, uh, I, my head was just reeling. We heard from her a second time later in the morning. She described how uh, her entire room had gone dark when that second building collapsed. It, it was like night suddenly happened. So all that ash came up into the air. And her husband lying on top of her in that room and neither of them knowing what's going to happen to us. They didn't know, should we leave the building? Should we stay here? Where do we go if we do leave the building? They weren't watching TV like mm -hmm. we were. Mm -hmm. they, they, I mean, they didn't know. Right. It, just a terribly frightening time, and a, uh, it, it's just begun a chain of things uh, from airport security to the way we conduct our lives now to the way we're, you know, Conducting government, we've got an election coming up, all of these things. And it all comes back to those early, rather few minutes and moments back on September 11th, mm -hmm. 2001. I saw a very interesting documentary. I don't know if you ever watched this. Uh, this is a documentary that was uh, came out a few years ago called The Woman Who Wasn't There. And this is a documentary about a woman named Tanya Head. Put your head on my and she <laughs> lied about surviving the World Trade Center bombing. In fact, had a very elaborate... You mean, in fact, you mean, in fact she did not survive? She, she, <laughs> she wasn't even there to survive oh. it. Crying out loud. What a and, liar. Oh, it's a fascinating documentary. And it actually makes you extremely angry because she gets very involved in survivor um, uh, support groups and uh, she really trying to extract money. Really, Is that why she was doing it? I, you know, it's very hard to say. There's, there's some psychologists who have said that it was really about getting attention and trying to feel important. Uh, all those things people do when they lie or, you know, they're being frauds or whatever it is. Um, but it will make you extraordinarily angry because this, this documentary does go into uh, some of the real victims who were there and their support groups and how uh, once they begin to sort of put the pieces together, this is after years, years and years. And this woman sort of became a mini celebrity because of her activism with the support groups and her story about climbing through the fire. And, and, and it was all made up. All made up. Jeez. It's, uh, it's on Amazon. Gotta... It's on Amazon video. It's called The Woman Who Wasn't There. I'll check it out. And uh, I'm just looking at it now. It came out in 2012. It, it's it's really a psychological thriller if you think about it that way and how there's a lot of footage of her too because she wanted to be in front of the cameras and talk about her story. And it is so unnerving. So that's another piece of it that you think, my God, really? 
you're capitalizing on this on this 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 tragedy, which is such seems yeah. like such an insignificant word to use for, for, for what this is. It, it will make you mad. It's fascinating to watch. I've I've watched it a couple of times, uh, once by myself, and then I mentioned it to another friend, and they said, "Let's watch it right now." And I watched it again, and it is. Yeah, so if you okay. don't want to watch the, name of it again? the woman who wasn't, who wasn't there. there, who wasn't okay. there, who wasn't there. Yep, okay. and her name is Tanya Head. Put your head on my shoulder. Maybe, no, uh, maybe that's her real name. Maybe, maybe that's why she got so angry. Who knows? Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. but. But I mean, in in your you travel a lot, so you've it's impacted your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in our family, um, I have a son that has had done five, six tours of the Middle East. I mean, everybody that you know, and I bet even the most remote tribe in the jungles of South America, they, they've been impacted in some way by this. Mm-hmm. Maybe not that singular event, but by all that has happened since mm-hmm. and how. Dramatically, our life has changed, really, for everybody. So, yeah, it's so very we thought true. we would mention that on this fifteenth uh, anniversary or so of September eleventh. Mm-hmm. But that, that's not the only thing we wanted to, uh, to to talk about today. You you had something on your mind that uh, well, I'll just let you do it. In the summertime, when the weather is high, you can stretch right up and touch the sky. Well, you know, summer's over. I know that's what I know. You know, you you always used to. I, I used to laugh because you'd always be all sad and upset. Um, actually, you'd get upset in in spring because <laughs> you were looking forward. You were looking ahead rather to the fact that summer's going to be over soon. And and I just always loved fall. I love love this season. But this year, I kind of felt the same way as you with summer ending. And I'm like, gosh, that summer just blew by really fast. But that's not what really has me. Um, all in, in a ruffle. What's really got me in a ruffle is that now, because it's September, this is spider season. This is this is when the giant European house spiders. For anybody mm-hmm. who lives in the Seattle area, which by the way, they're called giant European house spiders because that's where they they came from. Somebody brought those little they devil kind of, those little devil babies from, over here. <laughs> they all came from giant Europe. That's right. And they were actually, they got here like early in the 1900s sometimes. So they've been around for quite a while. But gosh, they, those things they are fly? just, they're, do they seem like they, they fly. Oh, I don't know, on a log or in someone's suitcase or in someone's what hair. If it was just some guy who's on a vacation in Europe and he goes, hey, what's that you have there? This, oh, this is a giant European spider. We only have them here. Do you mind if I take a few of them and bring them back to America? <laughs> Certainly, help yourself. We got plenty more where that came from. They're just, they're just so huge, um, and yeah, they, and, and they're, they're not poisonous. They're just scary. They just, they don't you, need, they don't know, need to be poisonous because they will kill you just by scaring, giving you a heart attack. That's how they. You kill know, you. A, a spider. You know, a spider is too big, two ways. One, if they appear to actually have a bone structure. <laughs> and secondly, if when you step on them, they don't just go like that, but they go. The thing is, they're too big to squish. You can't squish them. They're way you too big to squish. You have to use a gun, squish. don't you? You pretty yeah. much have to shoot them. 
Um, but they move so rapidly. That's the thing that I think is most um, disturbing about them is they're not like like a black widow spider is very scary and gross. Well, she's in mourning for and, one thing. And shiny. <clears throat> but they move very slow. They're like, because I think they just ate their husband that and they're yeah. full. And so they're moving <laughs> around slow, you know. But but these these giant European house spiders, not only are they big, but they... Could you just call them European house spiders and not put the giant part on no, them? No, they're giant. The adjective is what scares me. It's a giant house spider. So the Woodland Park Zoo, I did a little research on this. The Woodland Park Zoo um, said that these um, guys can actually hustle, run at 1.73 feet per second. This, Which would be the equivalent makes, of. This makes them the fastest spider in the world. Maybe the fastest creature pound for pound in the world when you think about it. 1.73 feet per second. Gee, that's, I can't even do that. That's pretty fast. In a car. Yeah. And so I know that they're kind of out, and we've talked about this before, and I know they're out now. <clears throat> they're they're around all the time, obviously. <clears throat> Excuse me, but because they're looking for I love. Look that's right they're, behind you right They're now. looking for love. Don't do that. That's And I got all creeped out this morning when I was researching them because you can't pull up an article without seeing a picture of it. I like and, the word research, by the way, here. And I and I think it's it's legitimate to say that. But where we used to say... I just I was kind of curious about them, so I just looked it up. I just yeah. looked it up. But but if you put the word research, I know. <laughs> in, instead of looked it up, it sounds now like something official. It sounds like it's coming out of a think tank of some kind. <laughs> and I don't uh, know if any of this is true. Oh, you're right. I'm researching what appears to be fact on the inter interweb. But but don't but don't go by me. I mean I I bristle at all these new words that come up all the time. I, I, you know, I like things the way they are. Mm-hmm. I guess I never think of myself as a conservative, but I, in that way, I guess I am. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I hear a new buzzword that's underway or a new manner of speaking, like, you know, ending everything in a question mark, I yeah. do this. I know I that's. I do this whole bit about Abraham Lincoln giving the Gettysburg Address that way. <laughs> Four score and seven years ago, our forefathers, you know, like they, I don't know, conceived. I know. It's yeah. awful. But, Just awful. So here's three that are bugging me right now. Wait, if, are we uh, done and, talking about no, the no, no, thing? No, 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 no. Uh, if I, I'll just say it quickly, okay? okay? One, no, nothing appears, nothing is as it looks anymore. And and I guess I'm getting a lot of this this babble from these political talk shows, which I must say I'm addicted to. But um, no, but nothing is as it looks anymore or as it appears to be. Everything now, like if Donald Trump says something that isn't well received, the optics aren't good. It's the word optics now. You don't say that didn't look good. Uh, the optics oh, weren't yeah. ideal. The other one that they say all the time on these talk shows is baked into the cake. Well, the distrust of the Clintons is just the way it is. It's baked into the cake. That expression drives me nuts and makes me hungry. Anyway, back to your spider thing. If, if You're bringing it up, but what can we do about it as uh, we Americans? Well, this is just like me to always bring up a problem and never come. Should we attack quick. another. Should we attack uh, Europe? 
<laughs> I, don't, I don't know. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's what, that's what we did on 9-11. We decided we got to attack somebody for this. Yeah. I, there, Maybe it was right somebody, but the, the important thing is that we attacked. Well, I'm not attacking them. I'm just, I'm just, I'm feeling kind of like my hair is permanently standing up on the back of my neck right now because I just know. I'm just waiting for you know the next one to come out and I'm looking around a lot and I and I hope I when I get in bed at night I lift up all the covers and look in inside the entire bed just to make sure there's nothing in there and my hey, there's shoes a guy. there's a guy in there what are you <laughs> I'm sorry I'm the plumber I just uh, fell asleep during the job that would be fantastic <laughs> <laughs> that'd be a dream come true in my eyes. And in my shoes, I'm like, I don't even yeah. put my feet in my slippers anymore. I like look in them with a flashlight. It's very time consuming to be on spider, um, in, in spider defense mode. Yes. Or offense. Well, in my offense or defense? I guess I'm in defense mode. Well, if you don't take those precautions, uh, you might not be with us. Well, like I said, they're not poisonous. They're just, um, I don't know, they're like little animals. And the fact that they're so fast is what's very unnerving. Because you can spot it, and you better be quick with something. But you know what I have, I bought? This is, it's hard to explain to you, but I'll get a picture of it up on our website. It's called the Critter Catcher. Critter Catcher. Right. And it is a long, uh, it's about, long about two feet long, mm-hmm. and it has a little trigger on the the end where your hand is and on the opposite end no it's not again (laughs) a a trigger is is best used by your hand i'm Um, trying to explain it to you and then on the other hand on the other end is a set of long bristles that open and close they open and close and the idea is you open it really wide so it's like a big wide open mouth and then you put it over the spider and you release the trigger and it's it scoops him up in the bristles and he can't get out and then you walk it outside to the street and you let it go by the bus stop and then you come back in sweet sweet and my friend our friend our old friend nate jones who was uh, one of our producers he is old. You're on, right. on the show actually shared this with me on Facebook last year because he knew how freaked out I was about spiders. And I actually bought two of them and they work really, really well. So you can catch them very quickly. You don't have to be, you don't have to have your face near them. It's much better than trying to put them in a jar because you still have to get, I don't want to get right up at them. I need to be able to cut and run if anything yeah. gets wrong. And then you got to label the jar. So well, you don't. So you don't come down the middle of the night to make a bologna sandwich, and you go, "Oh my God, I thought I put mayonnaise on there. I put spiders on." No, there. no, no, no. You take the jar. You take the spider out in the jar. But the trick then oh. is sliding a piece of paper between the wall and the jar, so that the spider. It's very difficult to catch spiders that way. This little critter catcher is fantastic. It's fantastic. You can get them on Amazon. Yeah, well, that's good. You know, uh, unlike other animals. Uh, you can't just uh, disable a spider by breaking a leg. And this doesn't hurt them at all. In fact, you got to break eight of them. <laughs> something tells me this guy would still keep crawling on his fangs or something. I don't know. This neighborhood kid of mine used to pull the legs off. Oh, of I kind of want to hear this. Daddy long leg spiders. He said, he said, he said, I hate spiders, but I love dots. He's crawling up my wall. 
for listening to Peculiar Podcast. Hey, goodbyes. <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at PeculiarPodcast.com. It's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration. Oh.